our uh, young people learned a lot of verses this year. And that's great, but, you know, knowledge is not all of it. They need to apply it. And so we're going to talk about continuing tonight from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Now, we've been sitting for a while, right? I think it's time that we stand up for a second. Let's stand out of respect out of God, for God's word. We're going to read a few verses tonight. And uh, Jeremy told me several times to keep it brief. I will try, Jeremy. Wherever you went, I will try my best. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. They say this, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless this time as we look at the topic of continuing. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for the God that you are. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all these young people who learned all these verses. Lord, I can remember my time back in Awana, Lord, the many verses that I still use on a regular basis. Lord, I ask, Lord, that they wouldn't have just memorized these verses just to get an award tonight, Lord, that they'd memorize these verses, and Lord, that they would continue in them. Lord, you want to use these verses to use them in your ministry. Lord, you want to use these verses to reach others with the gospel. And Lord, help us tonight, Lord, as we look at this topic of continuing from 2 Timothy. Lord, I ask that each of us would examine our hearts, whether we're continuing in the things that we know and the things that we have learned. Lord, help us to apply this to our lives. We thank you so much for it. And we pray this all in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you so much for standing, and thank you so much. For reading along with me. All right. Point number one tonight. My mic's not on. That's what it says back there. Let me check out what on earth is going on. It says that it's on. It's on. So we'll try. All right. Second Timothy chapter three, verse number, set, uh, verse number 15 is what we're going to start off with. The importance of scripture. Roman numeral number one, the importance of scripture. It is necessary for salvation, is our first point. We're going to look at 2 Timothy 3.15. Look at what it says here. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to, look at this, to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We know that scripture is important, but the importance of scripture, really the most important thing about scripture is that it tells us how we can know Christ as our Savior. Amen. The, it would be a shame if we went through Rwanda and we never talked about the gospel. It'd be a shame if we went through all of this and we memorized verses if we didn't know Christ as our Savior. Sadly, when I was a young person and I went through Awana, I didn't know Christ as my Savior. I didn't get saved until I was a teenager. But let's talk about this salvation. What is it tonight? It's necessary for salvation. Scripture is. I want you to look at some verses with me. Go to Romans chapter 3 as we, um, as we talk here. Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse number 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Do you understand that? You may think that you're a good person and you may do some good things, but in God's eyes, you are not righteous. Romans 3.23, just a few verses down here in Romans, Romans 3, it says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. Sin is anything that we think, say, or do that displeases God. And I've got to admit tonight, I say a lot of things and I do a lot of things, that I should not do. I think we're all there, right? Let's just be honest. You may have known Christ for years, but you still struggle with this. You still sin. 
I want you also to know this tonight. This is so important that, yes, we are all sinners. I think we can all know that, right? We've all lied. We've all done things that are wrong. But sin has a very real consequence. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wage, the payment for our sin is death, separation from God forever in a literal place called hell. It's a very real consequence for sin. This is terrible news, right, so far. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, man, Dan, you're starting off pretty rough. Yeah, but don't worry, it gets a lot better. Don't worry, that's not the end. And I am so thankful that it's not. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18. It says this, For Christ also has once, once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Christ suffered for our sins. The reason why behind me you'll see a cross is not because we just like the shape. It's because what Jesus Christ died on for our sins. And I am so grateful for that. If we just go a chapter back in 1 Peter to 2.24, it says this about Jesus Christ, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Do you think that wording is, is significant? It is. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, we could not do anything but sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Christ bear our sins in his body. I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful for that. But I also want you to understand tonight, yes, Christ paid the penalty, but you do not earn salvation. Salvation is not something that you earn. These are verses that I memorized in Awana a long time ago, so my brain is not as well, as good as it was when I was you guys' age. But Titus 3, 5, and 6, these are great verses. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. It's not by the works of righteousness that I do because I'm not righteous. There's nothing I could do. But because of his mercy, he saved me. That is God not giving me that which I deserve. I deserve hell. But God does not give me hell. He gives me heaven. What a tremendous thing. You cannot and you will not ever earn your salvation. The scripture actually tells us that if we offend in one point, that's speaking of the law, if we offend in one thing, if you lie one time, you are guilty of all. You are a law breaker. You have broken God's law. You may think you're a good person, but I guarantee you, you have lied before. I guarantee you, you have thought something you shouldn't have done. You have said something you should not have said. I guarantee you it has happened. You cannot, you will not ever earn your salvation. Salvation only comes by faith. If we go back to our verses, 2 Timothy 3.15, this is what he says here. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. What are those next two words? Through faith. You see, it's not about you earning it. It's about you placing your faith in what Jesus Christ has done. Now let's go over to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's a little different than Titus 3, 5, and 6 because the focus is different. Titus 3, 5, and 6 talks about his mercy. Here in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it talks about his grace. Look at it, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, you're not saved by the things that you do. You are saved by your faith, whether or not you place your complete dependence on Jesus Christ. 
Call out to him tonight in faith, and you will be saved. It's a tremendous thing. You say, well, how on earth could it be that simple? I don't know, but it is. It's so simple that a child can place her faith in Jesus Christ, and it's so simple that you as an adult can place your faith in Jesus Christ. Regardless of your age tonight, you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. That is a tremendous, tremendous truth. But the importance of Scripture is not just it's necessary for salvation. There's another part here that we need to understand. It is necessary for your development. And I think this is so important. It is necessary for your salvation, but it is also necessary for your development. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. Remember, he was just talking about how you would place your faith in Jesus Christ by learning about it through Scripture. Now look at what he says in verse number 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Doctrine, it tells us what is right. That is a tremendous thing. Because if I was the judge of what is right or wrong, I could set the standard to whatever I want it to be. I could say, for you to be right with God, you have to be bald. And most of you, you would fall short. I got Josh, I got Jeremy, I won't call anybody else out. But the bald guys, we would be right with God. But that, that is not how it works. You don't set the standard. God does. You don't set what is right, how to be righteous. God does. So often what we do, church, if you know Christ as your Savior, maybe you don't tonight. We compare ourselves to somebody who is worse than us. Dave and I have talked about this in radio, where we never compare ourselves to Jesus because he's perfect. I find somebody worse than me, and then I go, hey, I'm doing better than so-and-so. I'm doing better than Chase. I'm just kidding. He's coming up to youth group, so i got to pick on him. Right? I'm doing better than so-and-so because I know that they're worse than me. You do not set the standard. Okay? Doctrine, what is right? Reproof. We don't use that word very often, but that is what is wrong. It tells you what is wrong in your life. It is so good for us to look in the mirror sometimes and say, hey, you got something you need to fix. I don't have to worry about my hair, praise the Lord. Okay? But all of you who do, guess what? you got to stand in the mirror to fix it. Right? I remember when I had hair, I had to do it. it I did, Chase. I did have hair. We all go to the mirror. We all look at it. And, and it would be foolish of us to look at the mirror and go, wow, that hair is sticking up over here. I, I'm not going to do anything about it and just walk out the door. That'd be foolish. It'd be foolish for you to go in the mirror and have lettuce stuck in your teeth and not do anything about it. It would be foolish. You would look like an idiot. And rightfully so. Okay? It'd be foolish. Just like when we look at Scripture and Scripture says, hey, you're doing something wrong here. How foolish would it be for us to just go about our day and act like nothing's wrong? Well, that doesn't apply to 2023. Yes, it does. The scripture is necessary for your development, for doctrine, what is right, what is wrong. Correction, we know what that word is, how to get right. I have to correct my children all the time. My wife gets to correct me, okay? <laughs> just kidding, she, it's good, right? Correction, how to get right, okay? Make an adjustment. Hey, you're going down this path, you should be over here. Turn, make the adjustment, correct it, correct the path. If you're going the wrong way, this was hilarious. We were coming back, I think, from the imagination station. And Josiah's like, you're going the wrong way. He has no idea. <laughs> right? He has no idea. I don't know where I'm going. I'm following the GPS. It got me here. I survived. 
He had no idea. So if Josiah's like, hey, daddy, you're going the wrong way, he doesn't know. He's four. I'm so thankful that scripture can correct my path. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to start going the wrong way. But scripture then goes, no, Dan, you should be over here. And then you turn and you make that correction. Now, here's the important part. The last one, instruction. This is how to stay right. Do you see the difference here? Correction fixes your path. Instruction goes, no, you need to stay here. This is the path you should continue on. Young people, you've memorized a lot of verses. You memorized a lot of verses. I see Christopher. He's got patches all over his shirt. It's everywhere. There's a lot of verses. Christopher, if you don't apply it, it's really not helping you. I say this to our teens all the time. We can stack a lot of knowledge up here. But until it moves down into action, this ain't doing nothing. And I know that's terrible grammar, but I don't care. If it's just up here and it never moves to action, church, there's a problem. We show up to church a lot and we hear great messages, but if it's just up here and it never gets down into instruction and into correction, there's a problem. There's a problem. It's necessary for your development. Adults, whether you know Christ, whether you've walked with Christ for years, you should be developing. Okay? There should be a development in your life. You shouldn't be struggling with the same things you struggled with 30 years ago. There should be a development. You should be maturing. Okay? That's what we're talking about here. As we talk about this topic of continuing, yes, the importance of Scripture. But finally tonight... This is for you, Jeremy. Finally tonight, the importance of continuing. So we've seen that scripture is necessary for salvation. It is necessary for my development. But now let's talk about the importance of continuing. First of all, I want you to look at 2 Timothy 3.17. This is where we're going to see this. Because Paul, as he's writing this to Timothy, he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. And then he talks about Scripture and how important it is. And then he finishes out with verse number 17. He says this, That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want you to understand tonight that this word perfect is not that you're not sinning. I still struggle. Pastor Holmes still struggles. Pastor Belcher still struggles. We all struggle. Okay? We all do. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about that you've reached a level of maturity. This is speaking that you have gotten to a real point of growth. I'm 37. If I was still the same size as Josiah and still talk like Josiah, you would all think that was a problem. If Pastor Holmes still acted like little baby Timothy, there would be a problem. We would all say that, right? Wouldn't we? I think we all agree to this. Why do we think that I can still be a babe in Christ after 30-some years and that there's not a problem? Do you understand what I'm saying? There should be a, a real growth that has been marked in your life from when you place your faith in Jesus Christ to where you are now. Whether you got saved earlier this year or last year, there should be growth. You should be able to look back and go, hey, I'm so glad that I'm getting victory. You know you can live a life of victory? We often talk about, oh yeah, we're all sinners and we all fall short. Yeah, but you should be having victory. You should be experiencing some level of victory in your life. That comes with maturity. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 
I want us to talk about that last point because I think this is so important. First, I see its impact on you, that there's been a real development, that there's been a real growth. But I think this next part talks about its impact on others, that you are truly furnished unto all good works. Your good works have an impact on others. This is, this is so important that, us, that we get this. My works do not earn my salvation. They could never, because I will fall short. But my good works impact others in my community. Let's go over to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. We're going to begin with verse number 15. And I want you to look at this. I love this passage. Because some people take some verses here in James chapter 2 and they rip it out of context and they go, no, this is talking about how your, faith, how your works basically come alongside your faith and then you're saved by both. That is not at all what James is talking about. Let's look at what it says here in verse number 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. We'll pause here for a second. That would be a bad situation. Right? They are naked and they don't have food. That's a bad situation. Look at what, let's continue on. And one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Do you see what James is saying here? He uses a powerful illustration that all of us should get. Okay? I'm not going to name anyone because then you'll have a vivid picture and you won't pay attention to anything I'm about to say. One of our church members walks in the church and they are naked and they are clearly starving. That's what he's talking about. They are naked and it's clear that they have not eaten in a while. Now I'm going to use an illustration here. Jeremy goes and says, hey, I hope you find clothes and I hope you get food. What does that do for so-and-so who is naked and obviously starving? Nothing. James is using this powerful illustration because all of us understand that. You see a naked person, starving person, come in the doors and you go, hey, be warmed and filled. We all know that does nothing. He's saying, okay, you do this and you talk to your neighbor and you go, hey, I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And they don't see any works that back that up. It's pointless. James says, where's the prophet? How does that help? Christopher, you've got a shirt full of stuff. Emma, you have a shirt. Where is she? Emma, you have a shirt full of stuff. You can walk around in the community and you can wear that shirt and you can have all these verses. But does that profit anything? Unless we live it. Many times as I witness to people, they go, hey, I know Christians, and they live just like me. Why would I ever place my faith in Jesus Christ? What do you say to that? There's nothing you can say to that, but I'm sorry. (laughs) They shouldn't live that way. They have completely ruined the gospel for that person. Why? Because they said, hey, I'm a Christian, and their works do nothing. It is just as empty as telling a starving, naked person, Hey, I hope you find clothes and I hope you find food when you can provide it. I'm not talking about someone who's barely making it by. I'm talking about you got food in your pockets and you got clothes to spare and they're the same size as you and you can go, here you go, and you can help them. And you do nothing. 
Church, this is the importance of continuing. This is why it's so important that we don't just memorize scripture, we don't just show up to church, we don't just be here. Because this world needs to see our faith. And I'm not talking about how your life, your testimony, somehow then just says, oh yes, I need to place my faith in Jesus Christ. It will never get to that point. But what it should do is never be a hindrance to someone coming to know Jesus Christ. I've talked to some people like, well, I don't witness because my life is just a shining light. Uh, Wait a second. Do you think your life is going to be a greater shining light than God's creation of the entire universe? No. And yet God says, okay, yes, they see me, but that's not enough for salvation. You're not going to know that you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ by looking up at the stars. Someone has to share it. And don't, church, don't think that's someone else's problem. It's yours. It's yours. We live in a community that desperately needs the gospel. And may it never be said that someone in this church is someone that they know that they place their faith in Jesus Christ, and yet their life doesn't back it up. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Continue thou. This is so important. Sixth graders, when you come up into youth group, continue. Continue. Our older people, not sixth graders. Our younger people who are not sixth graders, continue. Continue. So vitally important.